abandoned radio station where swirling fire ripples all throughout the broken down concrete and overgrown weeds. We see storm of old Kodak pictures uh, flying in this sort of tornado we form around June. June, right across from you, only a few feet away, this angelic burning wheel style monster with these phantasmal hands reaching out towards the photographs. You are just recovering from a fit of blindness as a, a bit of magic gone wrong. We see the creature snap up one of the uh, photographs uh, in which uh, we see uh, June. What is something you were terribly allergic to as a child? Oh, uh, shit. Um, bees? Bees. Thank you. That's pretty good. Uh, as, as soon as they uh, snap open the photograph, as if they're like cracking open a soda, uh, spewing out of it this like line of, of uh, uh, various bee-like creatures, also known as bees, <laughs> uh, fly out. <laughs> Bee-adjacent creatures, also known as wasps. <laughs> fly out. Uh, and they start to to surround you as it pulls this like arcane weakness from your your past. Excuse and me. It throws her in front of you. I almost said dairy. What would have happened if I had said dairy? <laughs> well, we're never gonna find out. Continue. Um. Oh, I guess I have to fight these bees now, huh? Um. Yeah. I just want to collapse the building on this uh, motherfucker. How do you do so? Um, with magic. Uh, what is the, the spell you're looking for here? No, that's 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 a good question. Um, I guess can I use magic to do something outside human limitations and like I don't know. I think punch, that's a little too strong. Punch out a beam? No. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, that that is a little bit different. Uh, that is more of like a, just like a big strength thing. I was gonna say if it's just bring down a building, that's a yeah. bit much. Could but I, I think the building is on fire. It's been there's clear structural damage already from time. I think if you want to try that, you absolutely may. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to um, pick up a desk and like chuck it at uh, one of the more damaged looking areas of the building. Okay. I rolled a six, but I get a plus two from my magic. So it's going to be a eight. Alrighty, choose a glitch. I'll take a, I'll take the damage. I'll let the bees hurt me. Very, very nice. You, uh -huh. uh, as these bees are coming uh, towards you, uh, you don't take the initiative on, on warding them off. Instead, to take the, the overall long-term goal. And you, what does this spell look like for you? Uh, so I take out, um, another jar. It is the, the, ch uh, the sweat of a saint. I, like, lather up my hands in this, uh, body liquid of a holy man. And I pick up a desk <laughs> and I, I yell out, Javad, Chenma, Tablupa! And I just, like, fucking chuck it. Like I'm an Irish person throwing a log. That's a thing Irish people do, right? Is that Scottish? Yeah, uh, I think that's Scottish. It's, Scottish. it's definitely more Scottish. Highland game. Scottish. That's the Highland like, Games, baby. Like a Scottishman 
chucking a log. I chuck this desk at uh, uh, a, a beam or a wall or something. Uh, all right. As you as the the desk smashes through one of the sort of crumbling support beams, uh, you can feel this big cake of dust, like this, as uh, a lot of uh, specks and whatnot come down over you. The room is getting hard to breathe in as smoke and dust now fill the space. The angel closes its hands around the photograph of you as a child with all of these like terrible beastings and hives on your face. Uh, and as it comes around you, you can feel your body be surrounded by these bees. Uh, and you take uh, one arm, ignore armor if you had it, which I, I, I don't think you do. No. And uh, absolutely, you start having this like terrible allergic reaction. You're gonna have uh, minus one ongoing until that problem is healed. Uh, but at the same time, the building starts collapsing around you. You can watch as this uh, angel has to like use its phantasmal hands to hold up this large fragment of the ceiling as some of its support has, has come away. Um, for the moment, it's, it's like held in place. And you know that within a little bit of time, with the fire, with the structural damage, this building will, will come down. What do you do? I am going to uh, level up. And I'm going to take the move, uh, burn everything. When you use magic to inflict harm, you can choose to inflict three harm area, magic obvious, or three harm ignore armor, magic obvious. Beautiful. I'm going to pick area because uh, I want to increase the fire everywhere. I am going to uh, look at this angelic being and uh, say, uh, as I like dramatically like spit out some blood, uh, I'm like, that's the thing. You were all always right about me. I am a monster, and you're trapped in here with me, motherfucker. And that is going to be a seven. So I just make it. Total. <laughs> yeah, it's a total. Nice. She's a glitch for me. Uh, I'll give myself another harm. Beautiful. Uh, this is your first time unleashing this level of magic around you. What happens to your body as uh, you let loose uh, this sort of uncontained blast? Uh, what's that thing when you open a door and a building's on fire? It's like a blowback. Uh, I like mm -hmm. to think that I like magically am propelled backwards like fucking cannonball from the all new X-Men. Like I, I just like shoot out like a rocket. Very nice. You, you, you slam uh, out, you like throw yourself out from this twister of, of pictures that had been surrounding you a moment ago, and you slam right into the wall behind you. You can feel your head like this, this small but sickening crack on your skull as your body like convulses for a moment. The building starts to crash as we see this fire is taking up. This room is, is so bright now. It is almost difficult to see. It is difficult to breathe. You know if you don't get out right now, it's over. The, the angel has started to like climb from this, this wreckage. You can see that it's, though it is normally on fire on its own, the, the magic has seeped into its metal rings and it's starting to melt slightly. Its eyes have blackened and charred. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to flip it off and uh, I'm going to launch Alde Window. Uh, alrighty, give me a little act under pressure. Oh boy. Uh, I don't think I'm good at that. Act under pressure. Oh, no, I, I got a plus one. All right. Remember, you have a minus one ongoing, so whatever it is, track one. Yes, that is going to be uh, an eight 
total, because I have a plus one and then a minus one. All right. Uh, I'm going to choose price to pay. What is one secret James learns about you that he can use against you later? Um, I don't think James knew that my father was a missionary. Okay. I, I think he probably suspected that I had some like religious trauma in my past, uh, but I don't think he knew how directly uh, affected I was. As you burst from the glass of this uh, this radio station, you can it's like a you know like a classic Michael Bay. <laughs> as the uh, the the buildings burst out and we see the the building topple, we see uh, James is nowhere to be found as he'd been originally standing on top of the building. We see you uh, from the the smoke inhalation start to cough and sputter, and your eyes start to get dim as you're uh, like walking out from this building. We see. Uh, this great orange aurora above you in the sky, and uh, the whole place begins to turn black. And we open again, and we're sitting in a bar booth. We look at James, sitting in one side, looking at his watch, ticking it over and over and over again. He's calm, he's just calmly waiting. Then on the other side of the chair, like it's where two booths are next to each other, so not across from the table, but on the other side of the chair, we see uh, June Traherne in their long coat, in this like faint shimmery orange light. We see this fine glimmer over their eyes, like like the Sandman has stripped uh, their uh, sleeping sand over their eyes. Uh, and after a, a, a moment, you're going to start coming to wakefulness. What was the magic effect you chose for big magic? Uh, I want to be able to teleport short distances uh, with my coat. Alrighty. Uh, and uh, what we agreed upon is you may use magic to teleport a short distance. I'll send that to you in a second. Uh, and short distance, we'll just leave it at that without putting a number on it for vague narrative purposes. I, I am remarkably fucked up right now, too. Uh, I have five harm. Absolutely. So I'm, like, covered in blood uh, and, like, bruises and burns uh, as I put on my new coat. Uh, we see June's body unconscious on the, the, the booth. Their uh, physical form looks clean at first, uh, but as they start to come to wakefulness, their hands start to show heavy signs of burning. We see these, their face start to puff up slightly as if these uh, uh, bee stings had somewhere spawned out of nowhere into their body. We uh, see them look fucked up as you come to wakefulness. What does your coat do as it becomes uh, filled with this magic as a gift from, from uh, James's trial? I really love the idea of the coat looks very, very plain from the outside, but it is, um, on the inner layer is this rainbow patchwork, uh, pattern. And when I use the magic of the coat, uh, the rainbow, uh, patchwork emits lights and like flashes and, uh, the color kind of escapes out from underneath. Very nice. That effect goes off right as you wake up as it occurs to you that this situation that you were in before has gone from not real to solidifying as real, from a dream to reality. 
what does your your body do and what does your mind do? I think my mind is just like ouch, ouch, ouch. Everything hurts. Um, I think uh, my body maybe inadvertently like teleports for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I shoot up off the table and I'm like over by uh, another booth. Is it sort of just like a flash of light and then you're there? Yeah. As you, you rematerialize in this other booth, you uh, hear the condescending classic sound of James's. Well done. And in just under 15 minutes, I think that's a new record, June. How was that for secrecy, bitch? Well, that is the idea, isn't it? They had armaments against you. Secrets, allergies, weaknesses, and all. And you burned them down. Ain't nothing to be telling them. That is secrecy, my friend. Who the fuck were they? That is not important, as they are no longer around. You did good. You did. Look, I, I'm a, I'm a nobody. Someone's coming at you through me, though. And uh, I think you should tell me who the fuck they are. Romeo, investigate a mystery. Oh yeah. Uh, that is going to be a nine plus one, so a ten. Uh, all right, hold two. Uh, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? I think uh, what was it going to do and what is being concealed here are going to be my two. Uh, uh, what was it going to do? You can tell as you uh, kind of rework through this whole system in your mind. I don't think this happens with James necessarily explaining it to you. Uh, but as you are, are coming to consciousness more fully, that um, what was it going to do? You can feel this uh, intense sort of flow of magic through your hands now that this uh, intense danger, uh, as well as this great success at, at destroying weaknesses about yourself uh, comes to comes to effect, that you feel more magically empowered, that this little current going through you, the intent of this activity here was to grant you power, was to give you a degree of magic from a dangerous source. And your other question? Uh, what is being concealed? What is being concealed uh, is that there was, uh, James explained this to you in, in vague terms, but what he explains to you is just that there is no uh, monster that he knows of that is like hunting you down or is trying to use you to get to him. Uh, and he knows that because he orchestrated this whole thing. So what is being concealed here, uh, James has the ability to step into your dreams in this scenario, uh, make a portion of them real, and then through that he can figure out other people's weaknesses. Uh, I don't know if, if you are fully aware of, of the fact that he's like, ah, religious trauma, let's do something with that. But you are aware that like, you created a, a monster from your own memories, and he got, has a look at that. I am going to start calling forth some of my power into my right hand. Um, Feels good, doesn't it? You're a real fucking bastard. 
James. He puts his hands up in that sort of lackadaisical, like, we all know what we're doing here. We all have our things going. And look at you now. When those big, bad creatures in the night be coming, look what you can do. That's the nature of our deal. I'm going to dispel uh, the energy harmlessly and uh, walk behind the bar and pour us both uh, some drinks. That's what I like to see. He he stands up and he uh, takes a drink with you and he starts chit-chatting in the way that you kind of guys always do, where he is vaguely cryptic half the time, but he is acting like nothing is wrong here. You are, are uh, badly wounded and he isn't trying to restore you in any way. Um, he assumes you will deal with this yourself. He has never predicated this on the idea that he's protecting you. Um, uh, and I think that uh, is, is very painfully obvious now. Uh, as I raise my gla- uh, glass to a toast, uh, I give him a wink and I say, Proverbs twenty thirty. Uh, so as he uh, takes a shot and pours another row for you, he says, Care to explain? Proverbs twenty thirty, Blows and wounds cleanse away evil. Trials and tribulations purge the inmost being. And uh, I down my, my whiskey in uh, one shot and motion for him to pour me another. He does, and he says, That they do, June. That they do. And he uh, takes one of his own, uh, and uh, he then motioning to the, the television, just turns it on. He, uh, uh, the, the TV spawns on, it pictures uh, a car as it's driving down the road. We see uh, this one now banged up some of the uh, wood paneling of the car, this uh, old 1984 Chrysler Baron, now missing some pieces and squeaking here and there, pull up to a bar called The Engine Room. Uh, and uh, uh, Cassius Montgomery, you are you're free to step out. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna step out of the car and I'm gonna check the uh, generic brand base book. I don't know what. <laughs> what, what uh, my face or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, my face. I'm gonna check my face to make sure that it's the right place. Uh, and then I'm going to press on in. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I can kind of hear uh, in the sort of uh, like looking at the camera screen, we see uh, this sort of overlay, this this faint, distant overlay of those newspapers slamming on the table. Hero psychic saves girl, and all of these anti-horror show sales spinning off the the, the dollar uh, as it, the show takes off from this great publicity stunt. As we pan down from it, we see Cassius now in your more wrinkled, kind of greasy self as you step into the engine room. Uh, a curious establishment that uh, probably shouldn't exist. The <laughs> engine room is a, uh, a weird sort of biker bar where it's really divey and grungy. There's like, uh, you know, scratched up wood benches and stickers and band things all over the walls and wood on most of it. And then for some reason, attached to the... Uh, establishment, so there's like a glass door window situation between this and another one. There's like a, a, a like a hobby toy store, like a train, like a model trains <laughs> store. 
connected to it. Incredible. Now, uh, it, yep, the the person working the bar is sort of this uh, fresh out of college, uh, like a little bit older uh, uh, Dana Walker, who is uh, not dressed for any occasion. This is a biker bar. They kind of know what's up. They're wearing like uh, like a tank top and and like an, one of those half aprons you wear when you're like a waiter. Uh, they look more tired than they did before, um, but definitely more relaxed. Um, we the model train store, who I guess you can see through the door slash window, is like a much older man who probably should be running like a confectionery somewhere else, as they're <laughs> wearing like the red and white striped shirt with a red apron and like a weird old timey conductor hat, and they're uh, you know sitting at their desk and happily uh, plugging away at a. Uh, like a wooden train uh, off to the side. And it is pretty evident that neither two people could afford one establishment on their own, so they went in on one together and just divvied up the space. It's, it's like a like a Long John Silver's Taco Bell combined, but like for a very specific <laughs> clientele. Exactly. Sora, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, are there Perfect. a lot of people in here right now? What time of day is uh, coming up? I would say this is uh, like just after uh, sundown. So it's uh, people are filtering in. It's not too packed. It's not too rowdy yet. People aren't like drunk off the rafts or anything. Um, at least not yet. Gotcha. All right. I'm there are a couple kids in the toy store, I guess. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> idea. We really get them in here uh, for the trains <laughs> and then they stay for the black velvet whiskey. Uh, Honestly, it's it's probably like a, a a weirdly convenient thing for bad parents who like go to the <laughs> bar to get drunk and then send their kids off to hang out with the weird old train conductor. It is a good business model, I'll say. Uh, but I'm gonna I don't know, like, uh, convenient. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna saunter my way up to the bar. Alrighty. Uh, you you walk forward. And as you start walking closer to Dana, what is something you, you do about yourself to kind of present yourself again as you re-meet this person from your past? Uh, so as I like sit down in front of them, I'm going to take off the crumpled hat that I'm wearing and like reveal my face to be, you know, me. But it's like absolutely the exact same suit that I was wearing. <laughs> before uh, it's just significantly worse condition uh very very nice uh as you you sit down and uh show off your uh your now more weathered face how long has it been since that incident i want to say like at least somewhere between six to eight years it's been a while okay uh as you, you sit down and review yourself, uh, Dana, who going from a college age person to a young adult person really hasn't visibly changed that much either. They uh, turn around and, and look at you with like a moment of confusion first. And it's, it's that sort of confusion where they're not, it's not like, what are you doing here? It's like, a, do I know you? Crap, am I, I'm gonna have to say hi. And if you <laughs> do know me, like that sort of like moment of panic that's- yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna sort of go with it and be like, a, "What uh, what's the best drink you got in here?" Huh? 
they uh, turn around and dive bars ain't known for being terribly high class. So she uh, just kind of motions to the, the mixers for a whiskey sour uh, and, and gives you a, like a look. Uh, how much is that? It, uh, it'll be $7. Ooh. I think that's more Southern than she was before. Uh, $7. <laughs> Time has changed her. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, what's your $3 drink? <laughs> She it's okay nods. if we use. It's okay if we use the well liquor. <laughs> she uh, now at this kind of like clicks in her head and she nods. Uh, she just reaches down behind the bar and out of like a mini fridge pulls out like a tall boy of like PBR or that'll do RBR. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Wraps the blue uh, ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and cracks it open and sets it down in front of you and she says it'd be two dollars all right uh i'm gonna pull out like two individual crumpled ones out of different pockets <laughs> and she says um hi uh, how you been uh, you know it's good i'm making do uh you know we're just surviving it's a wild world out there the camera quickly cuts to outside where the bumper on the car thunks to the ground. It cuts <laughs> right back in. <laughs> what was that? Couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> probably just some uh, rust belt clunker out there. You know, you know the people around here. Yeah, right. Anyway, what, what, what have you been up to? You look great. You've been exfoliating? Ex- I'm sorry, exfoliating? Yeah, that's what I said, exfoliating. Uh, not really. I guess it gets kind of sweaty in here, I guess. Ah, well, whatever. Um, what about in general? How's your, how's your life been since I uh, saved it? You know? <laughs> she does another nod. She gets the vibe of what's about to happen. Uh, well, um, <clears throat> my sustainability degree didn't go, wasn't as sustainable as I was hoping. But, you know. We out here. We trying. Yeah. Still looking. I understand that. Things don't always go as you plan, do they? Yeah. Speaking of which, what happened to you? I don't I don't see you in any of your show anymore except for like 3 a.m. reruns. Yeah, that got canceled a little while ago, you know. There's only so many oh, uh, so many people willing to uh you know, hand over their family heirlooms to a man with little to no training. Uh <laughs> there's only so many <laughs> So many oh, pieces of yeah. generational wealth that you can destroy before they take away your funding, it turns out. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Um, so they just run out of stuff. You got like low ratings and everything. Yeah. Really put it together. You know, nothing could really live up after the <laughs> sensationalism of uh, saving a kid in a well. That was pretty much the peak, it seems. I don't know. I thought the weird doll episode was pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, that was that one like really threw you. That was some pretty good acting, honestly. You, you know, you can kind of tell otherwise, but like at that moment, you really looked like you believed it. Yeah, it was um my finest work, I'd say. Definitely, uh, don't regret doing that episode. Uh, has not haunted me <laughs> since in any other way. <laughs> but, yeah, right. Yeah, sure, bud. But, uh, anyway, uh, how long you been in Constance? 
uh, since I graduated. So three and a half, four years, something like that. Yeah. It's just quieter, you know. Is it now? Yeah, it's 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 got more stuff for sure, but it's less. I don't know, annoying. Like there are fewer people in Roseway, but they're louder, you know. Yeah, you know. Well, what are you? I don't know. What are I you mean, doing I, in Constance? I was oh, just, well, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Yeah. No, no, it's just it's a polite conversation we're having here. You know, we're we're allowed to cut each other off. It's it's, uh, it's okay. Uh, sure, sure. I'm just passing through, really. Um, it's funny you mentioned this all episode. That was kind of a turning point for me. Uh, kind of. <laughs> really, the doll was your awakening. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you never really know what door is the wrong door to open until you open it, <laughs> and then, uh, no, yeah. really. Yeah, looking no, at you, no. college. Oh yeah, um, college is definitely. A good equivalency to the doll that has haunted me for many, many days. Uh, I thought you said it didn't haunt you. I was lying. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, shit. I'm sorry. Do you mean like you're getting nightmares? I'm sorry. That was mean. Yeah, something like that. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I mean, it really was really weird, huh? It was a very strange doll and continues to be a very strange doll the more that I learn about it. Um, okay. It still comes up on occasion. Uh, and I'm kind of kind of trying to figure out what it is and why it's been affecting me the way that it is. And, uh, well, that brought me here. I know what uh, they say about bartenders, Cassius, but they ain't no therapists. You can drink, and I'll talk Look, to you. Look, I need a place to stay. Do you have a couch? Let's get down to the bottom line. I need a couch to stay on. Uh, if, I, I understand you got other customers, so I'll just get right to it. <laughs> she had been bracing for that moment and had maybe trying to talk you away from it this whole time. Uh, uh, Romy had uh, a manipulated person, and, and go ahead and add one because you saved her life in the past. Oh, goodness. Well, that's a four on the dice plus... So that's going to be a seven in total. Uh, okay, so on a, a seven to nine, they'll do what you ask, which is give you a place to crash for a little while, but only if you do something right now to show you mean it. Oh, good. So you have to prove to her how destitute you are or something similar along that vein. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to pull out of my pockets, actually, as a means of showing that I mean it essentially that I mean that I'm on some kind of like spiritual journey. I'm going to take out all the brochures of the weird different cults that I've visited in the recent times and like Go all ahead of their me the name of one of those uh the children of the elder bunny. righty. She she takes the pamphlets and gives it a look. She gives you a look. She falls to the next one, looks back at you and gives this like, like kind of raised eyebrow. Really? Look, I mean, you can knock them, but they've got some pretty ideas about, uh, you know, connectedness and uh, getting down to, to your carrot roots. I don't really I didn't really. They lost me with the carrot part, but I thought some of the language <laughs> was quite nice. All right. All right. Uh, to be honest, Cassius, I didn't really peg you as a person to like. Uh, like get into these the scams 
in that way, like fall for shit. Uh, you know, well, I guess uh, if so. you're really falling on some some hard times here, I I guess I could like crash the place for a little while. How long are you thinking? You just until you like get a job. You want me to help you find a job? Um, I think I'll be here for a little bit. I have an idea of what I'm gonna do. I, I met these these people. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and, and either they're gonna be themselves the sucker, or maybe they know a sucker. Or I, I just get the idea that uh, there's gonna be some stupid people in the future. She leans back and rolls her eyes. Well, look, we we all we all have our ways of coping and living. Why don't you just be like one of those Verizon guys who, or uh, Verizon guys who <laughs> sells things to people? I don't think I could do that. Just. With any self-respect, I'd much rather steal. There's another thud outside from your car. (laughs) (laughs) You'd much rather steal. Okay. Look, if I wanted a stable job, there's a position on a boat somewhere that would happily take me. But I am past that life. All right. Uh... Have you mentioned the lobster thing to her before? <laughs> uh, I think perhaps in the same way I have to the others in this like vague allusion to like a time past. <laughs> uh, and she like we can see like the sort of math going across in her head, and like one of the symbols is just a lobster. Uh, <laughs> she looks at you and goes, "Yeah, uh, yeah, all right." Um, and look, if, well, if you need rent, I'm sure I can find some money. I'm I'm not trying to stay here just to rip people off, all right? I I, I I'm not really looking for like dirty money, Cassius. It's, it's not okay. gonna be, it won't be dirty, all right? Look, I I got a kid, I saved, and you I'm just trying kid? to. No, no, I found a kid. He was in the swamp, and I found him, and we saved him, and I should be getting some reward money from that, hopefully. I just got to find a way to explain it where it doesn't sound like I am in some way involved. Oh, okay. This is not a good argument for you letting me stay in your house. This is really... uh, (laughs) I I noticed that, yeah. You're talking about the Jude kid, right? Yeah. You found him? Well, don't tell tell nobody, but I had a part. You don't want to let people know that you're a hero again? Yeah, that went so well for me last time. I didn't. Oh, no yeah. pun intended. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, well, we can talk more about not, it later. Attention is not something that seems to go well with me. So. Uh, Suppose that's true, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess if if any law folk are coming around looking for you, I can steer them the other way. Oh yeah. Uh, if anyone asks you about like a $50 robbery at the community center. Just uh, tell them you don't know anything. She purses her lips. Okay. Okay. But I promise after that, up and up. All on good things, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I just really need a place. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I want you to know if this bites me in the ass... I'm taking you down with me. Well, uh, 
I guess I'll have to bring my waders because uh, if they get hot on, I was gonna make it another well joke, but I'm really uh, I'm tapped. Yeah, um, those got really tired, huh? Yeah, I, I it, it must have gone dry. Or uh, all right, drink your stupid beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as you uh, uh, knock back your beer, uh, uh, Dana for you will will count as an ally. Uh, that is a person who you can reasonably trust to get certain things done. Uh, and they have different qualities where it's like ally subordinate, follow your exact instructions, lieutenant to execute the spirit of your instructions, friend to motivation to provide emotional support, bodyguard to intercept danger, confidant to give you advice and perspective, uh, and backup to stand with you. Uh, she can kind of fluctuate between friend and bodyguard in that she will help you evade the law. Gotcha. That's very sweet of her. Yeah, you saved her life, and I think she's kind of in this, this like, stage of her life where she's in a realist boat where, like, what's a little bit of crime? Yeah, that's the spirit. (laughs) Yeah, you're not, like, a murderer. Fine. (laughs) Uh, Very nice. Uh, And as you you guys knock back your beers, you hear a toot-toot! Oh, it's loose in the street, everybody! As the the old man in the store... Uh, accidentally lets the train out into the, the bar and the, the camera uh, pans up to the sort of fluorescent lights that bog down the, the aesthetic of the room. And as they uh, come back down, we see we're back uh, in the, the, the basketball courts where some uh, bit of gum, and by bit, I mean a shit ton of gum, <laughs> is like swinging uh, pendulum style from the ceiling as the ceiling fans r- r- routinely float it back and forth. And uh, uh, Grandmaster Chuck Hayes is eating like a like a ham sandwich, like a gas station ham sandwich. As he's sitting on the bleachers. Uh, I think Beck will. Um, how are we gonna get this gum off the ceiling? Isn't a question I was prepared to answer. I'm gonna uh. Uh, try to use magic to do something beyond human limitations, uh, which is maybe either jump really high or grow really tall so I can reach this gum. He puts a hand on your shoulder and says, magic shouldn't be the answer to everything. And he uh, nods on over to the supply closet, which has like cleaning supplies and tools in it and a ladder. Uh, All right. I just thought it could be a practical application of no, not gone, not going for it. Dog won't. No, nope, we clean up our messes around here, and we do it with elbow grease. Okay, uh, I think back, you know, um, size, and they they go over to get the ladder, and they start scraping the gum off of the ceiling. Very nice. Uh, and and uh, Chuck isn't like a he's, you're not like his workhorse. He also gets a ladder and is up there with you. He's like rolled up his sleeves. He's chewing his sandwich as he's taking a scraper to, like, carve off the gum. Nice. What do you say to him? So, uh, Master, I was thinking. So, like... (laughs) He says as uh, some gum has landed on his face. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, if some of the monsters can think for themselves, like, just as fully as you or I can. Isn't it possible that there are 
good monsters? Like, if a person, if all a person is, is what they commit themselves to doing, couldn't they just make good decisions? He clicks his tongue and roll me investigate a mystery. Uh, okay. Nice. That's a 10, baby. 10. All right. Uh, on a 10, you can hold two. Uh, that is, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? I think to start, uh, you know, to the, the best of Chuck's understanding, uh, what sort of creature is it? Which is to say, like, does Chuck believe that monsters are inherently evil? Well, one time, as I was still in training, as I was an acolyte like yourself, a team that I was in charge of went down uh, to a power plant in New Orleans. There we were fighting, it's hazy now, but to the best of my recollections, it was some sort of electric specter. Like it, it uh, took energy from the, the electricity around it, was able to recirculate it, and engage in a lot of paranormal activities. And so we had been dispatched to take care of it. It blew uh, a couple of the transformers. Uh, and like you can see, we can see like this sort of vague film over his head where there's like, like classic action movie style stuff going on, but it's like hazy, like people's faces aren't showing up. There's ecstatic all over the place, uh, especially after the boom where uh, a transformer blew and everyone was like thrown from the building and it's like now bleeding on the floor. There was uh, a stranger occurrence than perhaps I was prepared for. Uh, the monster escaped, but at the time, uh, a different creature had sort of taken the field. Uh, all I can really remember was the sort of like fin ghostly have you ever seen a giant arthropod like like in those games uh yeah yeah in games yeah like a like a giant arthropod it was had been floating there was a couple of them that had floated towards us and at the time we were so weak that we couldn't really move and i remember thinking this is it in these final moments after being bested by another creature, it's this shitty little thing that's going to finish me off. And as it sat there on my body, I started to feel better. I had a lot of burned skin on me, and it would sit on those spots, and the skin would be removed. The burnt skin, that is. I still had the, the regular one, I guess. And there was, you know, burned tissue and whatnot, but I, I was, I felt better and, and I was able to stand again. We captured one. And after a little bit of research, we had figured out that the thing fed on dead cells. So it would, it would eat just decaying things and, and pain. If you pricked yourself with a needle, it would come towards you. It was, it was incentivized by that. Does that mean that it was actively trying to heal us? I don't think so. But at the very least, I know that not every creature out there is evil. I am of the mindset that it's very likely that monsters out there, that there must be plenty of them that just want to be left alone. 
or that if left in to their own devices will do no harm. That's as far as I know. Okay. Uh, if I ask uh, Hayes more questions, do I roll investigate each time, or can I save my other hold for you like can. the rest of this conversation? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like... Smaller questions you can just answer, but things that feel like a big dig, you have to spend a hold on. Okay. Uh, so, how can I tell a monster from a person, like, if they're sneaky? Is there a consistent tell, like a, um, a different internal body temperature, or perpetually dilated pupils, or they can't say the word clementine or something? <laughs> uh, I, I have yet to run into a creature that couldn't say a word that just had been taught. But usually you will encounter something strange. Um, <clears throat> it may not always be perceptible like you're hoping, but more often than not, monsters and magic are accompanied by uh, outages and things like uh, cell phones or radios in the way that, you know, we've already gone over that. Communication just seems to break down. Even things like emails, uh, that new thing is, is going down. There will always be something, sure. Okay. Uh, if you have higher tech, which regrettably we do not, uh, and he kind of looks over at like his spell books sitting in like reusable grocery bags, then we might have been able to formalize something along those lines and perform more studies, but since now, what is it, in 200 years, we just haven't had the means. Okay. So, one more question. Can a person become a monster, like vampire or werewolf styles? You're gonna have to spend another hold on that one. Oh, for sure. Um, hmm. Uh, maybe what can it do? Like, do monsters have a transforming ability where they can, like, sure. infect or change people? <sighs> so, the reason we don't have a lot of the things we do now We don't know which one, because there were two within the span of 12 years, and information gets lost over time, but one of the two Great Orleans, New Orleans fires. I am fairly certain, but again, a lot of our records were lost at the time, that our, our sect, the larger mass of the Bulwark, was decimated in that fire because we made attempts at allyship with creatures. We made attempts that perhaps they knew something or they could provide us something that would make us more formidable or capable of taking down uh, darker, more evil monsters. And <clears throat> something real bad happened. They deceived us. Someone lost it. Someone misunderstood what we were trying to do. Something. And I believe that the Beacon are the descendants of that thing. <gasps> I... What? The Beacon is just a splinter group of the Bulwark? I am fairly certain. 
a lot of our ideals, if you listen, match up. It's just how we're going about handling it. Well, fuck yeah, man. We came first. He gives like a, a sort of proud smile, but like it's a bad thing they exist and he, he like clicks his tongue. Yeah, I mean, uh, they are a ruinous faction for sure. It's just, you know, cool that we have a leg up on them history wise. I suppose, but I would say that these days they have more ammunition than we do. What are you talking about, baby? Got all that ammunition you need right here. And then a giant splatter <laughs> of gum falls on her hair. <laughs> he smiles that like fond sort of paternal smile. And he uh, like scrapes the last bit of gum off into like a bucket and, and helps you get down. And he starts like picking the gum out of your hair. These people within the beacon, either they know how to locate entities, monsters, whatever you want to call them, or they know how to make them. They don't do it often. I don't know how. But, and he's like, stretches like one big gunk and it definitely super hurts as he kind of brute forces it out of your hair. There's like a snap. Oh. It isn't your hair coming out, but it is the gum and it does suck. Mm-hmm. I think it is easiest with monsters that traditionally are infectious, like were-creatures and whatnot. Who knows? I know that one, there are definitely monsters out there that were once human. But I've never heard of that process getting reversed. Oh, okay. Yikes, so like, if you get got, it's all over? Uh, I think... There might be a way to stem the process. For example, if they start it and you are midway through, maybe you can stop midway through. I don't know. I've only ever seen the beginning and the end. I think uh, we see over Beck's head, like, uh, you know, her imagination, and it's uh, like a Pokemon trying to evolve. And when you spam the B button so that they can't, uh, it's the next stage. <laughs> and she just nods, like, very solemnly, like, yeah, I understand. I get it. This makes perfect I'm sense glad to you me. Do. I'm glad you're so well thought out on this. I, I appreciate your understanding. Yeah. I, um, I just wanted to say, and I know I've said it a couple times now, but I'm proud of you. You're active. You're doing the good work. As our uh, last thing I wanted to get started with today, he uh, uh, places like a rook, like from a chest set in the middle of a board. And there are, uh, he has like several boxes of like matchsticks. Um, and you can feel free to talk as he's kind of setting stuff out. Mm -hmm. Is it like a chess board? Yeah. Uh, have we, do we regularly like play chess or is this something completely new? Um, you definitely don't play chess, and he doesn't look like he's gearing up for chess. Gotcha. He only set down the rook. Okay. Uh, I'm more of a checkers kind of gal, admittedly. Structure and discipline. Back to him. There's discipline in checkers. He sets down a match 
on the, the bottom end of the stick so that it's standing straight up like a tree on one of the squares of the board. Patience in all things. And he motions for you to do the same. And you know that it's another one of his like dumb ass rituals where it takes 9,000 years. It, it requires like mind numbing task taking. I think um, Beck scrapes a small globule of gum out of her hair and sticks it to the underside of the match and then just sticks it to the board. <laughs> Ingenuity is also respectable. But tradition dictates we do this right. And he takes the match off. Okay. Uh, and then Beck, you know, arduously tries to get it to stay up straight, but it, it'll definitely fall like a good handful of times. What matters more here is that you take the time to do it. And I think this process takes like 30 to 40 minutes as you have to like set up a matchstick on each of the pet, like the square blocks, like the platforms on the chessboard. It's a lot of them without knocking any of the others over. And then like by the end of this, we uh, like summon a big cool sword or something, right? Like what's the payoff? He uh, holds a bottle of gin and says the fun part. And he holds out a lighter. Light them all at once. Uh, okay. I'm gonna light the matches. Uh, give me a little act under pressure, baby. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a that's a six. A six. Alrighty. Uh, then I'm gonna take a, a hard move against you, uh, as you uh, unless you want to use luck or something. No, no. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, as you uh, blow out this blast of fire, uh, you had set up is that a lot of magic in the bulwark is this uh, absurdly time-consuming specifics arrangement of materials, of sigils and symbols and all those things. And when you uh, uh, take your initial chug of the the the, uh, the alcohol, it sucks so bad that you like have this knee-jerk reaction to blow it in this uh, not-controlled spit. Uh, and you end up uh, setting a little bit of the, the room, the mat, him and yourself on fire, and you, you take a harm. And, and so does he. Fuck. As you are you're now top. And he, he says, re-rack, as he puts himself out. Ugh. Okay. Sorry about that. Control. <sighs> you know when something is about to be harsh, especially liquor. You must brace for it. Or prepare in a different way. Okay. Uh... Can we use liquor that tastes better? I don't like, have any. It's like paint thinner. That's that's cool. Just in the future, can we get like a four loco or something? I don't know if that's flammable or not. Okay. Do you have something in your lunchbox? And he says lunchbox with a like noted pain. Uh, just my trusty Capri Sun. So no dice. Oh, and a carton of milk. <laughs> there, he like looks at the ground as you say Capri Sun. How old is Beck again? Not <laughs> ripping on Capri Suns, but in Chuck's mind, like he is uh, just is, thinking about that. Beck is 26 years old. He nods. He doesn't obviously not to that, but he nods 
Yeah. Uh, Beck will, you know, go about trying to set up the board again. Okay. Uh, now that we're here, now that you're ready, prepared, you may either use Act Under Pressure or use Magic. So, I leveled up when I set my cool avuncular master on fire. Uh, nice. And I took the uh, I took the move bottle it up off of the professional, which let yeah. me um, add up to plus three on my act under pressure roll, uh, and then you hold the same amount that I hold, and you get to fuck me up later by giving me uh, negative ones forward or more uh, on anything that isn't act under pressure. That's tight as hell. Yeah. So I just I gave you some knives to stab. I like with. it. Yeah. Roll it. So I'm going to give myself a plus two because Beck doesn't have any cool. Can you choose it after the roll? I... Like, could you, like, get close? No. No, I don't think it says. Uh, If you want, you can take up to plus three bonus when you act under pressure. For each plus one you use, the hold can be spent. Uh, I guess it doesn't necessarily specify. Yeah, so it's up to you. Uh, choose it after. That way we can kind of have a, a more fluid flow of it, rather than like you being like, oh, I didn't use it, I should have. Okay, okay. Uh, so I rolled a six, so I'm just gonna do a plus one to get me to a mixed success. Is your cool zero? Yep. I, I rock a chuck, and I do weird magic, and nothing else. Alrighty. I still hate Rocket Chuck. Uh, You're the right, only one. Everyone else loves it and have become endeared to Bactui for it. It's very good. Keep yeah, yeah, get on board. It will be a t-shirt. <laughs> Don't fight me on this. Our first and only t-shirt. <laughs> I'd wear a Rocket Chuck t-shirt. Only 12 will be made. <laughs> They're a collector's well, item. A special collector's edition <laughs> of Bactui Nunchucks. They could have like the lunchbox on the back. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon if you want a Rocket Chuck t-shirt. <laughs> That's very good. Um, Alright. Uh, on a 7 to 9, the keeper's going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Uh, Alright. Uh, I'm going to choose a hard choice. Um, uh, you are under a pretty heavy scrutiny right now for uh, Chuck Hayes to elevate you, to advance you to sort of the next stage of being in the bulwark. Uh, not in this, like that, it wasn't, there's no tears. He has explained this millions of times. Uh, but to, to prepare you and give you more, uh, individual agency. Uh, you can either, uh, fail this and, like, throw out the, the liquor, spit sideways, protect yourselves, uh, but you know for, for, uh, a fact that, that doing so will mean that you fail this task because it's, like, midnight and that you will have to come back to it later. This will delay your progress. But no one will be harmed and he won't be mad at you for any other potential thing. Or... You can breathe in this uh, uh, concoction on accident and actually like suck some fire into your mouth. This is magic, so it doesn't need to obey physics, haha. And this uh, like pain that you absorb, like when you use bottle it up, it's like I've bottled a little bit of fire in you, and the next time you get hurt, I will use that later. Oh, I'm I'm definitely go for that latter option because it's juicy, and, and I think that the fir- the you know. Uh, first option implies a degree of patience, which is important to the bulwark, but that Becca does not have yet. Alrighty. Uh, then that little bit of fire you've bottled up in your body 
you can feel like this sort of vague tingling sensation. And if any of you have ever seen uh, any sort of TV show where people can like see your blood moving around your body or they get like a weird x-ray vision, you can see for a moment this like faint image of like this uh, orangey magical light tracing throughout Beck's body. Uh, but as you do this, as you release this fire across all of the matches, they alight in a very distinct uh, castle-like pattern. Uh, and you recall that a lot of uh, the Bulwark's magic, though very, very specific, is potent because it has so many years of little uh, adjustments, little tiny uh, experiments that have resulted in very uh, strong, productive, safe magic. Uh, uh, with with capable results, it just means that if you, you have to put so much more time into it. Uh, and we see that the little rook, the, the actual chess piece that's on the board, uh, alights. These little sigils that have been carved into it uh, fill with this orangey glow uh, as the uh, matches like burn down to the chessboard and the chessboard uh, uh, spins and slowly rotates as a, a thin column of air raises the, the chess piece up in above it and Chuck snatches it out of the air and takes a little uh, needle and a chain and pokes it through and starts to, to tie it up. He says, well done. Congratulations. How are you feeling? <coughs> Great. So good. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find a tastier liquor next time. I, I didn't have too much on me at the moment. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. He says not recognizing the, the magical mishap. Mm-hmm. What do, you, what do you say to him as he hands you this little necklace? Uh, what's it, uh, what's it do? Well, Acolyte, I believe you're ready for the next stage. There you is handle... another tier. I knew it. I proved I... myself. I persevered. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Tier three, baby. There are no tiers. I'm okay. just saying I, I trust you to act as an independent agent now more than just like reconnaissance you understand yeah yeah okay this if you are to engage a creature by yourself which i normally do not recommend but you have shown some ingenuity and uh, uh the benefits of your practice here today this as he like places it around your neck and puts a hand on your shoulder should help give you a little bit of protection uh and back on an out of game note what that does is on a kick some ass. If you should ever pick inflict terrible harm or suffer less harm, you will take one less. Uh, so that you can choose to either uh, be really offensive and be relatively safe or really defensive and be really defensive. Nice. Nice. I like it. Yeah, and it, it's just one less harm, so it doesn't, it stacks with armor, is the idea. If you ever get any. Yeah. Dunk. As he, he's, he like looks down at you, and he's like a good head taller than you. I know I said it a bunch already, but I'm proud of you. Oh, really? I never would have guessed. Uh, th thanks. It um, uh, means a lot. I'm glad. You're gonna do great things, Acolyte. Beck. And he gives you like a sort of an awkward thumbs up, like a, a good dad thumbs up. Oh yeah. It sucks, and it uh, definitely like bolsters uh, Beck like a good amount. Like it's it's such a bad, awkward, cheesy thumbs up, but it feels great. He, he you know gives like a, a like a face away, eyes closed, furrowed mustache smile with a thumbs up. 
and uh, uh, he gets all of the lights and stuff back on in the gym. He starts packing up, and the materials that he had brought with him, he like snaps his fingers, and with a whoosh, they they drift back up into his his backpack. Uh, and he gives like a, a, a you know a smile with it as he had not moments ago said magic isn't the answer to anything, and he says, and sometimes it can be fun. Uh, <clears throat> and the two of you uh, exit the gym together into the open night air. We return to the handwritten letter written for uh, a Blarney Stone. The letter itself written is sort of shaky handwriting, but one that you, Flint, recognize. Uh, the last thing you received was the letter that read, I want to preface this by saying I have no intention of publishing this information. Do you really believe in the supernatural? What do you say? Well, what do you write? I reply with, yes, I believe. Are you in danger? If so, let me know where to meet you. And we can talk in person without me bullshitting you. Signed, Barney Sound. Yeah. Where, where do you leave this uh, uh, this missive? Do you leave it like at the the store? Do you like leave it with a person? Yes, I leave it at the store on the counter, signed to uh, address to who it's supposed to go to, folded. But I try to make sure that I'm not seen dropping it off. Okay, uh, you leave it there. Uh, I think the store is often empty, so it's not too hard. Uh, you uh, get a um, uh, a response a couple days later. There's a little wait um, with like a a chat handle, an instant messenger handle. You you know whatever one is relevant to this time. Uh, uh, asking essentially, you can get to a computer and they will talk to you at a distance. I guess I'm headed to the library. Uh, you head on over to the uh, the Constance Library, uh, a quaint little place that uh, is woefully underused, if only for p- photo shoots, uh, for movies sometimes, and for people that want to say they read books, so they hang out there. But for the most part, it's relatively empty, and you can get onto one of the, the office computers that they have set aside. You have... Uh, uh, they put it in 15-minute slots in case it's packed, but you have long enough because no one's really here in the first place. Fantastic. I assume you set yourself up with a uh, an instant messenger chat handle? Yes, I do. And uh, they you eventually get like a little... Or you have to send that message first. Wait, yeah. what's the chat handle? Good point. What is your chat handle? Monsters oh. are real. Four twenty. Four twenty. I was going to say uh, Blarney Stoner. Four twenty. Blaze Six nine. Six nine. That's pretty good. That's very good. Very good. I like that very, very much. Good. <laughs> I like that Flynn maintains a weird sense of humor <laughs> right, right now. Uh, is that what we go with? Yeah, the 420. <laughs> Bloody Stoner, 420 Blaze It, 6969. Uh, 
instantly we can feel Lewis question how old you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that doesn't matter as a second later. Uh, they, they type in this sort. You can watch this kind of blue text roll across the screen. Uh, have you ever dealt with a monster? Uh, and they, uh, they post a, uh, and like a, a series of like images, image links to the newspaper headlines they had shown you before when they uh, pointed out several different uh, potential use. Um, and uh, they said, uh, have you ever dealt with a monster since then? Since the incident where I lost those people, I've dealt with one. One? Question mark. And we fade out. The camera pulls upwards to the open night sky and back down to a, uh, a rusted old pickup truck that has clearly seen better days. We see the, the headlights flashing forward on a, uh, an old, long dirt road as it pulls up towards an old southern mansion with miles of planes between here and the next house. The lights are on, but the family is outside. Flint, at this time, however old you were, how did you get into contact with this family? Probably some sort of wanted ad in the paper about, like, them thinking that it's maybe needing a weird type of exterminator and eventually convincing them, no, it's a monster. Uh, I think they have brought in, like... Uh, priests to uh, expel whatever ghosts they've had and that hasn't seemed to do anything. We've seen the wanted ad. They're like, we thought maybe it was like pests or something destroying our furniture and we can't find anything. We've left out rat poison. We, we thought maybe it was like a ghost or something implying that they are people who are willing to believe in supernatural. They brought in a priest to deal with it and, and nothing has happened and you reached out. Uh, we see them standing outside the, uh, they, it's like a, a mother, a father, and, and a, a younger daughter. Uh, uh, and they are like all in blankets. They're sitting outside a, uh, like their truck. And the, uh, the parents both have like, uh, like a hunting rifle. They don't have, um, like big fuck you guns, but they have, they have something. And they're, they're standing outside, like nervous, kind of waiting around, uh, for when you show up. What do you do? I pull up and get out of my truck. I'll wave to them. What do you look like at this point in your life? Uh, let's see here. This was about 15 years ago. So because of Flint's nebulous old man energy, <laughs> he looks uh, still old, but not completely... Uh, uh, his beard shorter, his hair's probably shorter. Still wearing the same exact trucker hat as he is now, but it has much less tears in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they like, like pipe up and, and they, uh, you don't look, I think, uh, homeless at this point, so I think, I think these uh, richer folk uh, try to shoo you away, but they, they do say, like, are you, uh, the <clears throat> exterminator. Yes, yes, I am. All right, it's 
It's fucked up our cool, cool wagons. It's fucked up our couches, our paintings, our vases. I don't know what to do about this thing. It's burning through so much money. And it's clear they don't actually feel like they're in danger. They feel like they're, ha- like, annoyed. Yes, yes. Is, is there a room that tends to uh, concentrate on more than others? Give me a little investigative mystery. All right, that's plush sharp. That is an 11 plus 3, so 14. Uh, this is since this is in the past. I think we'll, we have to still keep it at two, uh, and then when we get back to the future, you'll have your plus three. Oh, oh yes, good point. So thirteen. Either way, still awesome. Hold two. <laughs> what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being concealed here? Uh, I'm gonna go with what kind of creature is it, and where did it go? Um. So, uh, for the most part, uh, as time has gone on and they've become more increasingly aware of it, uh, they've, uh, they, they sit there and as they explain to you, uh, well, uh, I, I think it's little, right? Cause it's not throwing any big stuff. Like it hasn't knocked over my piano, which is like eating the keys, I think. Cause like they, they go somewhere and I don't know where and they find like little key bits. Uh, so it's probably a little smaller. Uh, every now and again we hear like little scratching noises and like little hack, you know, like a little hack, like when a cat's getting rid of a hairball, you know, that sort of thing. Um, none of us ever touched it, but we, we can every now and again one of us like slips in some kind of snot, right? And I think that that last bit pings on your brain is like this is probably some sort of goblin, <sighs> some sort of little trickster goblin gremlin sort of thing. Uh, yeah, sure, bud. All right. I mean, I, I guess I'll trust your judgment here. I mean, you're the only person that, that really knows this sort of thing. Thanks again for coming out. Um, uh, where does it like to hang out for the most part? Uh, it's kind of been hotter than, I think, the wine cellar, because now it's all mush at this point. All right. I'm going to go take a look at the wine cellar. Uh, and then I'm going to want to look at the places that it's, uh played its little tricks, so to speak. Destroyed your property. Yeah, uh, sure, thanks. And, uh, I grab a shovel from the back of my pickup truck, and I start walking down to the wine cellar. Uh, I think one of them calls out, do you think you'll have to dig to find it? Uh, probably not, but... Uh, a shovel's just a very useful tool. You can protect right. yourself with it. You can move loose floorboards with it. You can okay, move sure. brick with it. I'm trusting your judgment, then. Uh, please don't destroy my house if you can avoid it. I'll do my best. So I'm going right. to head down to the wine cellar. Uh, the house is kind of exactly what you'd expect. Like, it's uh, a lot of, like, richer folk tend to tend towards minimalism, white walls, things like that. Uh, and uh, have, they have, like, a nice piano, pictures of themselves and their family everywhere. Um, and they, uh, uh, you head on down to the wine cellar, which is, uh, 
less finished, like they're probably still in the, the, the act of finishing it. So it's exposed concrete, it's like kind of the gray stony walls as you stand. And uh, the wine cellar is, is just kind of like, you know, wooden racks and it is covered in broken glass and presumably different uh, bits of wine. So it's kind of got this like pinkish sheen to it when lit, when you hit the, fl- the, the, the switch and uh, mixed with this sort of, you know, dust and, and whatnot that is uh, that permeates the floor. Uh, and as far as you can see, you're alone, save for the floor of broken glass. Um, I'm going to start checking piles of broken glass, uh, corners, and most specifically, any intact-looking wine casks. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, go ahead and give me another investigative mystery here. All right. Or, or, or read about a situation, either one. Uh, they're both sharp. It's eight total. Sure. Uh, would you prefer investigative mystery or read about a situation? Uh, I'll go with read about a situation. That seems smart. On an eight, hold one. What's my best way in? What's my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's the most vulnerable to me? And what's the best way to protect the victims? If you act on the answers, you get plus one ongoing when the information is relevant. What's the biggest danger I haven't noticed? Uh, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Or what's yeah. the biggest threat? Those are two separate uh, questions. Yeah, sorry. Uh, are there any You're dangers good. I haven't noticed? Uh, absolutely. As you uh, uh, start uh, peering around and kind of like tiptoeing around all those broken glass, you hear like a little shush as uh, uh, glass shifts. Uh, and at that moment, it clicks in uh, your head that you remember that uh, humans, for the most part, can't see monsters until they uh, have done something to affect their their perceptions. Uh, and you have yet to do that. So you're kind of sitting there. The, the paranoia is helping. The knowledge that something is there is helping. Your, your senses are attuned to to movement, and you can kind of hear glass moving around you. There is a threat right around you now uh, so when you are surrounded by broken glass, uh, and you cannot see it. What do you do? Do I see any intact bottles of wine? Yeah, for sure. Cool. I'm going to grab one, open it, and chug as much as I can. <laughs> uh, to do this before it can, it can uh, hurt you or before you like act something accidentally happen, Romy, act under pressure because you have to chug a full bottle of wine as fast as you can. Excellent. That is also plus sharp for me because of uh, yeah. I've read about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Thank God it is uh, plus sharp because that is only a six, which would be once again brought up to eight. Uh, all right. Uh, the keeper is going to give you a worst outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. I'm going to go with worst outcome. Uh, so as soon as you imbibe this serious amount of wine, uh, that's a lot of liquid in your belly, uh, and it's a lot to take in all at once, and you're kind of like a lanky dude, if I recall correctly. Right? Yes. Uh, your senses come alive for a moment as uh, you can feel yourself uh, sort of tuning to the the monster around you, that it's uh, somewhere within the room, but at the same time, your vision is blurry. Uh, and I'm going to say that you have uh, a minus one to sight-related activities for uh, at least a couple minutes as your body adjusts. I want to know what, uh, like, 
literary source uh, Flynn is drawing upon when he's like, I've read about this sort of thing. Uh, so, you ever see that cartoon where the, uh, it, it's based off a Twilight Zone episode where there's the gremlin ripping up the plane? Yeah. <laughs> That's the literary source. Pretty good. I was gonna guess the labyrinth. <laughs> Oh, so see, that, I, was, I was picturing Bowie something much Labyrinth? more direct towards like chugging of like the like the mechanics of how to hold your throat while chugging so that you could more effectively do it. I was like, oh man, Flint must be really fun at parties, dude. <laughs> uh, he went I to college and, and was on a football team. <laughs> his his username is uh, Blarney Stoner four twenty sixty nine sixty nine. Oh like, you better be good at parties. <laughs> Oh, that's false advertising. That's a trap. <laughs> At the moment, you are uh, in a bad physical situation, in a bad environment, with a uh, monster that you know to be weak, but uh, if you're caught off guard, can be the end of you. Uh, yeah. What do you do? You can, uh, as you start peering around this room, uh, you can see like this vague imprint of green for a moment. It, it's blurry as you kind of stumble for a minute as it hits you, as you uh, adjust yourself. You can feel the liquid in your stomach and it throws you off a little bit. Like it's very visceral, this sensation in your stomach. Uh, uh, but not too far away, you can you can uh, start to see like little, uh, like long cat-like ears. You can see uh, a little scratch of a uh, fingernails here and there. You can you can start to smell this sort of odd like decay or like fermentation. That's not the wine. What do you do? Is there a bit of wine left in the bottle? Yeah. I kneel down and I reach my hand out to offer the monster some of the wine. I'm guessing it's a good and expensive wine. Uh, uh, you don't have Dark Negotiator, so I don't think you can manipulate a person here or manipulate a monster in, the, in this case. Uh, so I think uh, what, uh, what happens is uh, there's a moment you're uh, posturing out to, to offer the, uh, the wine, and then an instant later, uh, you can feel these like long claws uh, holding onto your thumb, your pinky, your, your your middle finger, and like wrenching your your hand back. You don't uh, take a harm, but you can feel this creature on your body at an instant. And now that it's close to you, get a much uh, clearer view. It's uh, this like misshapen, almost toad-like figure, as it's got this bulbous central body and stick-like arms and fingers that, uh, when all put together, have like. A, a solidified talon, but each on their own is more like cat claws, and this like uh, like oblong face where its mouth takes up a large portion of it, uh, maybe a little over uh, forty to fifty percent, and this long crooked witch-like nose, uh, and these globular yellow eyes sitting up top. Uh, what do you do well, as this thing is like nah, rah, rah, on your hand? Oh, I could care less if it actually drinks the wine. I just wanted it in trekking distance. I'm gonna smack it over the head with the shovel. Yeah, very nice. Give, give me a little kick some ass. <laughs> one of my uh, make sure to have a, uh, a minus one because of the uh, you're drunk. So. Yeah, so it's a plus zero. One of my dice hit the floor. My first one was a six, luckily. So let's see what the second one is. Two, so eight. 
Uh, eight. On an eight, you kick each other's ass. This creature is like whipping its head back and forth like it's possessed. It's letting out this as it's rolling all across your arm and like a weird like cat. It's carving up the uh, uh, the flannel and jacket and you can see blood start leaking out and you take uh, two harm as it starts scraping away your skin and you start bleeding as it hits uh, like a vein and an artery here and there. Uh, and you deal. This is a shovel. Uh, let's go ahead and use um, your uh, your iron club. I believe you have for, for damage. Yeah, my, like two harm. Iron crowbar. Yeah, two harm. Yeah, uh, two harm iron, presumably, as you smack it across the face, and it goes like flying across the room because this thing weighs nothing. And it like smashes up against the wall, and you hear like a weird squeak, as if its body had like a lot an excess of air in it. And there, as it hits the wall, it deflates a little, and it lands. And you can see it like skittering along the ground, like a little gremlin, as because that's what it is. Quick question before I make my next action: uh, from my investigative mystery earlier, uh, would I know exactly the name of the type of creature it is now that I've gotten a better look at it? Uh, absolutely. Let me let me take a look. Uh, this is called a Hopkinsville Goblin. Is the only name for it uh, because uh, no one else has encountered it. Uh, but they are like a classic cryptid around Kentucky. So while well, you're not in Kentucky at the moment, uh, that is the type of monster that it is. It's just like shitty little uh, like annoyance um, that, when in large groups, could be a problem. But this is a singular little thing. The hell are you doing outside of Kentucky? This is why we shouldn't be bringing fruit across state lines. And it like it whips its head back and forth, uh, and and uh, like vibrates at a speed that makes it kind of blurry on its own. Uh, even if uh, you uh, were already seeing a little bit of double, uh, and uh, it doesn't seem to talk, but it does throw a little glass at you. Ah, you little shit! I'm gonna start playing drunken whack-a-mole like. Uh... <laughs> Like many apparent at uh, the Jersey Boardwalk. Very good. As you are like <laughs> slamming your your shovel around, you hear <laughs> as it starts ripping bottles from the wall and throwing them at you. Uh, roll me an act of pressure just to catch the creature first. Ah, damn it, you little shit! Act under pressure. I think that's plus. Cool. Uh, but for me, it's plus sharp. So nine. Nine on a seven uh, to nine, the keeper's going to give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Simple one, price to pay. It lobs a bottle at your dome, and you uh, you take a harm that does not ignore armor as it this like wine splashes in your face, uh, and you can hear uh, like somewhere uh, outside the uh, the rich parents like like they're like weird like my money senses tingle, and they come back to you real quick. <laughs> ah, that was seventy six. <laughs> that was my chateau uh, go ahead and you may now uh, Roma kick some ass as you've caught up to this creature uh, what does it look like as you like get right up to it as it's like throwing wine bottles at you like a cartoon uh, definitely uh, I'm trying to figure out how to explain it without referencing a specific show but it is definitely a nonchalant I am, I am beating this small creature over the head with a shovel with a very dull look on my face. 
<laughs> we uh, pan outside the the wine cellar for just a second as we hear boom, 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 thud, boom, boom. As uh, we just hear the shovel smacking all over the room. Go ahead and give me your kick. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, that kick some asses is a 10. 10, all right. On a 10 plus, choose an extra effect. You gain the advantage. Take plus one forward. You inflict terrible harm. Plus one harm. You suffer less harm. Minus one harm. Or you force them where you want them. Terrible harm. Very nice. How do you want to slay this dumbass goblin? Just whack it over the head with the shovel a couple times and then wrap it up in a blanket. <laughs> we see that uh, like its little goblin legs start to like dig a hole to the ground. We see it like open up a little bit of the concrete and then a, a shovel slams on the top of its head and part of its body sinks in. The shovel slams on the top of its head and part of its body sinks in as its head deflates. Slam on the top of its head as it's mostly underground with only its body with body underneath and head up top in a classic whack-a-mole fashion. Uh, and uh, uh, it's like head is shaking around with like uh, its tongue sticking out and like blood leaking out of its ears. And you can reasonably wrap it up in a little blanket. Uh, do I see any paint center down there? It's a base. Uh, yeah, there's like a there's like a little tool shed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna put some on a rag. That's fair. Uh, for for what? I, just to have for the next ten minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, absolutely. You, you wrap it in a rag, and you you hear from above. Did you get it? Yeah. It sounded bad. Yeah, I got it. Okay. <laughs> And I start heading upstairs. Uh, uh, I, go to, I go to the dad, and uh, you want to see it? Uh, yeah, fucking sure. Why not? All right, here, smell this first, and I put the paint thinner rag in front of his nose. Very smart. I was gonna ruin that. Uh, as he as he like is surprised by this, uh, and he takes like, this big puff inhale, he he gasps, and you can we can kind of see his eyes dilate a little as he he coughs and hacks. And I unwrap the blanket. He immediately turns his rifle on it in like a, a moment of panic. It's already dead. Don't worry about it. Uh, there's like a yelp from from the other side of the truck. No, the other people are like in the car and like ready to go, so I don't think they see it. Uh, but he's like visibly shaken because this. Maybe points out a lot about how the world works that he didn't know before. I'm buried in the backyard, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's that seems good. So I go in the backyard and I start digging a hole. Yeah, I think it's a pretty quick cut to of uh, uh, Flint out, outside the dirt, medium hole, deep hole, goblin inside. <laughs> uh. And uh, as you uh, throw the last pile of dirt uh, and the, the guy writes you a check, uh, what is the last thing you do here with them? Do you try to explain things to them? Do you just leave like a cool guy? Uh, can you make that out to cash? I don't have a bank account. Cool. They write cash and they, they slip it to you uh, and you, you head on your way. Uh, and there's the immediate, uh, the camera quickly jumps to, uh, uh, saying, was it really that easy? I mean, it was a goblin, so in that situation, yes. 
but it's not always going to be like that. No. Uh, usually it's not. Do you always have to drink to see him? Uh, an impairment helps you see them. Normally you can only catch these out of the corner of your eye. But that makes sense. yourself loosens things. It makes you able to see them better. That's why I brought the paint thinner up when I wanted to give the dad proof. I did think that was weird. I thought you were trying to like drug him to steal some money or something. I don't know. No, no. I just needed to impair him for him to be able to see the proof. Oh, okay. That makes sense. There's like a, a long pause. Um, can we meet again tomorrow? Absolutely. All right. Same place, same time. They just mean in the chat log. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, there's a, a day that passes. And you go back same time. And they're late. You sit there. How long does, does Flint kind of sit there waiting? For... Uh... Six to seven hours. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, like four to five pass. Like there's a long enough time where like reasonably should assume this kid's not coming. And at this point, the, the library is about to close. It's like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. It's dark outside and they are like They don't want to usher you out. They kind of feel for you uh, as they. Uh. uh, uh. I'm, I'm waiting for my like, pen pal. They nod. Um, okay. And uh, uh, they get like one message the whole time. I'll get back to you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you safe? I think so. And uh, time passes on. They they let you know they get back to you. They, they get you a, an occasional message that says, I'm okay, don't worry, I'm okay, don't worry. And until we uh, uh, reach the modern modern day, we reach the, 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 the date on the clock and the computer ticks forward in sort of rapid effect. It skips the, the two days where you were fighting the Bell Dam and it comes to this day and you get a new message after waiting for a little while. It says, I've been having bad dreams lately. Is that a bad sign? It can be. Murky water. Blood. A lot of dead fish. There are creatures that can affect the subconscious. I think I did something bad. What did you do? I think I did something bad. Real bad. I give them the address to my sh uh, storage shelter. I tell them the passcode is 6969. Nothing can get in there to get them. <laughs> 6969. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a pause. They wait. They say, okay. I'm sorry. They type. I was on a beach. I think I stole a motorboat and crashed it? Question mark? I don't know. I don't remember. Can I meet you at this, this base headquarters 
whatever it is? Yes. Thank you. And they cut out. You get a, uh, 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 their chat handle is logged off. And what do you do? Uh, I start heading to there, but on the way, I would like to stop at June's bar. I would like to stop it at the YMCA and see if I can see back. And I want to keep my eyes open for Cassius. Uh, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> uh, right before you uh, leave the library, uh, sitting outside, uh, you, you see uh, an old friend of yours. They are smiley. They are well-dressed. They're holding uh, an umbrella, but it's not raining. Uh, and they have the loveliest green eyes. Uh, and uh, Mr. Delaney looks at you, smiles, and uh, uh, points down to uh, what looks like an old kind of junky dirt bike. He has uh, a little uh, piece of paper in his hands that says, uh, and uh, you, you've never spoken in English before. But he, he looks at you, and he points to the paper, and it says the words by, like B-I, space, math. By math. And he hands it to you. By math? And then uh, they uh, turn the keys, and the dirt bike kicks on. They wave at you, they smile, and they start to walk away. I... I can't pay for this. I, I, I don't have the money to pay for this. They uh, keep walking. I'll, I'll do double cleaning shifts at the storage place. They like wave behind themselves as you, uh, they, they walk away. I take the dirt bike and I go to gather people and get to the storage area as quick as possible. We uh, we see the the rev of the uh, the motorbike, and because it's a motorbike, it's not like a cool like low rum. It's sort of that like high pitched as uh, as uh, uh, Flint you uh, take off with uh, an unprepared wheelie uh, into the night. We see uh, uh, June. If I, could, if I could just stop you for one second. Sure, that, sure. What's up? The further south you go, the cooler that becomes. You're correct. We are we are as south as you get. You hear we hear a cool wah, 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 as the dirt bike uh, kicks off into the uh, the town streets in the middle of the night. We see like a, f- a flicker uh, following behind Flint uh, as we see the uh, the spotlights falling behind them from light to darkness, the light to darkness. We see uh, June taking one last uh, shot with uh, with uh, James Pale before he takes off to his mysterious places in the middle of the night with a uh, a condescending but joyful wave. We see uh, uh, Chuck uh, wishing Beck well after giving her a ride home in his, uh, his like, Ford F-150, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, Jord F-150. Uh, we see Cassius at, uh, at Dana's place just outside as she's helping him bring in the last remains of his uh, luggage, uh, the uh, least of which she pulls out of the trunk and goes, Hey Cassius, what's with this doll? And uh, we exit out. <laughs>